When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to Ingles and Ian. I am Ian Nickel, and Ingles is, uh, you know, good old Jacob Ingles is not with us today. So joining me, we have the grandfather of Cowboys Ride for Free, a.k.a. Robert Wetzel. Did I get that right? Close enough for government work. That's it. (laughs) I'll take that. How How are you tonight, man? We're good. We're good. My son's upstairs having an absolute cow. Uh, cause he, he's, he's rooting for Seattle against the Rams, uh, while we're recording this. So, um, <laughs> he's upstairs screaming. My wife's telling him to be quiet. She doesn't understand why he's, why he's caught up in it. And then he wants to know why, dad, why are you going down to the basement? You got to watch the game with me. No, I, I have to go record a podcast. <laughs> Very, apologies to, uh, to your wife then. Uh, cause I, well, no, uh, she's, about, you know, she's probably okay with that. Yeah, uh, she's okay with that because if I was upstairs, we'd both be yelling at the TV. So, uh, <laughs> unrelated, I mean, I guess a little related to the Seahawks game, but did you see Tyler Lockett? He didn't go to Oklahoma State, but he went to uh, Booker T. K State. Oh, he, well, he was Booker T. Right, right, right. Yeah. He, he's wearing quick trip cleats. I don't know if you saw that. No, That's oh, my God. Look at those things. It's in the Tulsa area. I just showed him. Uh, it's, I mean, he posted it. If you find Tyler Lockett's, uh, Instagram or Twitter, I mean, it's phenomenal. I I, I was born in Tulsa. I I, I love Quick Trip, man. So I was, I'll have to I mean, I'll have to show those to my son. He'll he'll get a kick. He loves Tyler Lockett. He loves DK Metcalf. He actually last year was it last year? Two years ago, he got we had to we had to get together. Right, he got a Russell Wilson jersey, and I got a Chris Carson jersey. And the first game I wore the Chris Carson jersey, Chris Carson got hurt, and now he won't let me wear it. <laughs> oh, no. Dude, I I love the just the superstitions that sports fans have. It's it's hilarious. I remember I'm a different Bronco fan. I it was the um, it was the what was it? It was like the divisional playoff game whenever they won the Super Bowl, and this was against the it was against the Steelers. I literally stood on like this one specific spot for the entire fourth quarter in my kitchen until they <laughs> won the game. I just stood there, just standing up, just like, I can't sit down. I can't like move, can't move. No nope. specific spot because it was working. That's it. This listen, this shit matters. People say yeah. this stuff doesn't matter. This shit matters, man. <laughs> Come on. Don't tell me it doesn't matter. No, it, it, it matters, man. It absolutely matters. So, speaking of stuff that matters, obviously Oklahoma State, uh, they got a bye week this week, so there's not a whole lot to preview. We can like go on about the Big Twelve, and uh, let's get your thoughts on expansion real quick. What? How do you feel about Houston, Cincinnati, BYU, and UCF? Well, I'm a little, I'm 12? a little disappointed. I'm, I'm a little disappointed on it because okay. I went to a great deal of trouble in picks from Joe's to include them, including the tweeting out of the article. And we got like one reply from a Brigham Young person, BYU guy. That was it. We got like one response. Okay, you come on, guys. 
you got to step up. You're coming into the Big 12. You, you, you got you to gotta get with the program. This is like, uh, you know, we're all about Twitter overreaction and, you know, experiencing all of our emotions in a five-minute span of a football game. So you, I was like shocked. I thought maybe we'd get a little something, you know, for, especially from the UCF people. They got a, their stadium's called the Bounce House. I mean, come on. But uh, and in all seriousness, I'm good with it. I think at the end of the day, um, assuming the the playoff expands, which I think I think it it I think it's going to obviously um, playoff expands. I mean, the winner of the conference is going to get in to the playoff at a minimum, and no OU, no Texas. I would think that would increase the odds of Oklahoma State having a chance, especially with the absence of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. You know, it's losing to OU is no longer a conference loss. That's a win-win for me. <laughs> oh, 100%. The right. one thing so that I, I mean, was, look, I think it's good. Yeah, I do too. I think I preferred if they stayed in a, uh, a Power 5 conference. I was really lobbying for them to go to the Pac-12 because I thought that they, that would provide a, uh, you know, a little bit of an advantage. I think if Oklahoma State were to were to have gone to the Pac-12, they would easily be the second or third best team in football, a premier program in basketball, a premier program in baseball. They'd just be a premier program all over the place. I think they'd fit right in, and they'd come in and dominate a little bit. But, Ian, yeah. 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock starts for road games? Hey, if I'm we get rid of daylight dude. savings time for the Arizona games. I know, I know. I might be saying that whenever I get to your age, but for now, <laughs> that sounded mean. <laughs> That's okay. That's, that did not I, intend I, for it to be listen, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I, you know, completely disagree with that. I think, you know, when you say, well, if Oklahoma State moves, they move to the Pac-12, and there's no discussion of whether or not that qualifies as a Power Five conference. Um, OU and Texas leaving. The Big 12, I don't think, takes away, you know, the status uh, as much as you think it would. You know, does it take away status of the conference? Obviously, it takes away some status of the conference. I mean, the only team that takes away real, true football status would be OU. Texas, fine. They have a name. Everybody pays attention. Every year, people want them to be back. That's one of the most mediocre football programs in the history of football programs. So, as far as I'm concerned, from a football perspective, la di da. Okay, go get your go get your asses lathered up in the SEC, right? Fine, go ahead. OU leaving. Okay, now there that takes a little uh, gravitas with it. But you know, if I recall, I think Iowa State won the regular season last year, and Kansas State's won it a few times in the last you know a couple times or once in the last day. You know, they were in they were in the running in the in the last decade. Baylor, I think, uh, I think they wanted or t- they tied with TCU in that inf- infamous year when we got excluded from the playoffs. So I think you've got plenty of, of football programs remaining that have the ability to play on that level. Um, so, uh, you know, th- does it does the Big 12 lose lose some luster? Sure. Is it losing so much that you should go to the Pac-12 where I have to stay up till freaking midnight in order to partake in all the misery on Twitter? No, I'm not interested in that. So, um, but your point, your, 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 you know, to your point though, you know, that is correct. If Oklahoma State had moved, then there's not even a question. Yeah, that's a power five conference. 
There's no question. Um, One thing that I think about is that if you don't have teams wanting to, like maybe it motivates some recruits to, you know, say, hey, I want to beat OU. Hey, I want to beat Texas. Well, now you don't have an opportunity to do that. And if you look at the Big 12 versus the AAC, I know we just took, or at least the Big 12 took, you know, four of those or three of those big schools over there. Yeah. But does it, obviously, because the AAC is going to add more schools, but do they do they match up? Do the Big 12 and the American Athletic, they might be right there when it comes to just like just conference power. Because now I think the Big 12, they've gotten weaker and you might you could make an argument for uh, just a power four. Yeah, you could. But then again, right, if the playoff expands, mm-hmm. OK, you've got a power four. I don't think you're going to be able to deny the Big 12 a spot in that. Um, you wouldn't, you know, and, and, and then you just argue, you know, you argue over who the extras are going to be. Um, cause if the playoff expands, I, I think they definitely, I, you know, my thing was go to eight teams. And then what you have the ability to do is say, absolutely. If you win your conference and you're one of the power four, power five, your champion is in period, right. End of the conversation. And then we argue over who a few at larges are. If they go to 12 teams, then to me, it's like the conversation, it, it almost takes away to a degree from the position of the power four or the power five. Because at 12 teams, you're absolutely getting group of five teams in there, right? And look, all you need, all you need is a little bit of success. And all of a sudden, kids are saying, hey, I do not have to go you know, to this school in order to have a chance to be in the college football playoff. And maybe that makes my name to go to the NFL someday. You know, it just, it expands, it's no different than March Madness. I mean, the more you expand, the more you have that availability uh, to get into the tournament and you make that run and you get that exposure. And with TV and the NIL stuff now, um, I, I just, I, I'm not, I'm not that concerned. I am not concerned about it uh, in the least. Um, it improves Oklahoma State's position to win a conference. And if they win the conference, they'd be in a playoff. I think I don't think there'd be any question about it. So, um, yeah, it's you know it is what it is. And OU, I, you know, to me, I think the most the more fascinating thing is do OU and Oklahoma State commit to doing what Iowa and Iowa State? That's they a, play, uh, right? Yeah, they play uh, the second week of the season, or do they decide to do what Georgia and Georgia Tech do, or Louisville and Kentucky do, where they play at the end of the season? Right. Right. I think it's Bedlam, still yeah, Bedlam to me. Oh God, Bedlam to me was always so to me the just the last game of the year was always just so perfect. I hated it when it was in the middle of the season. I don't know why. Uh and who knows? There's there's no logical reason. I just thought it was great at the end of the season because it was either, you know, it was like 2014 was a great example, right? Where you, you're having a kind of a sucky season you know, whatever, and boom, 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 and miracles happen. 2001, you know, kind of same thing. It's like, yeah, whatever, and then you pull off the big upset. You ruin their season. Um, it's, you know, I don't know. I always felt like I liked it there, but I, I think I would hope. I mean, my hope would be I, I don't want Bedlam to go away. It's a rivalry game. I would very much prefer that you know, keep it going and make it the, you know, make it the second or third game of, of every season. Cause I, I mean, that would just, that would be, I, and I'd much rather 
their catch OU early, right? Because they usually suck early now. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, on the on, on the one hand, I agree, but also you kind of look at Iowa, Iowa State, and Iowa State thought that it was like, oh, okay, this is going to be the year, and then they get blown out at home. Well, they, well, they have the same problem we have, right? Every year yeah. we say, ah, oh, it's our year. Hey, we got a chance this year. <laughs> no. <laughs> and what's so weird is that I don't think a lot of Oklahoma State fans thought that this year they'd be 5-0, and or at least this close to being maybe 1-4 at the end of the or at the end of this stretch. What a bizarre I'm, season we've encountered thus far. This, this is, the, I, and I am refusing, I am absolutely refusing to even, I, I'm refusing to even get a cup out of the cupboard. So I don't want anybody to even accidentally have a chance to pour any of the Kool-Aid in my cup. I'm not even going to walk around with a cup. This, I, I can't, I'm, I am going to be, I mean, I don't think, I'd have to go back and look. I think in our, our tally site stuff, I don't think unless maybe the first game of the year against Missouri State, I might have picked Oklahoma State to like cover, you know, whatever. Mm. I have picked against them every single game. I either pick them not to cover or I pick them to lose. And now that we're into Big 12 play, I've picked them to lose every game. <laughs> I so I'm, I'm sticking with it. I'm staying there. As far as I'm concerned, Texas is going to end up beating us by three touchdowns, okay? That's where my head is. That way I don't, I don't have, like, I'm not curled up in a ball in the fetal position in a corner somewhere in my home. You know, uh, I, I don't know. I just, we're 5-0. and oh. I feel like this is similar to the pretender season we had. I Was it 2015? Is either 2015 or 2016 where we started 10 and 0? That was 2015, and that yeah. ironically was the last time the Cowboys have been 5 and 0. Right, and, and we were 10 and 0, and it was like nobody was buying it. We were all sitting there going, "Nope, this is we're like we are living on the edge um, all the way." And I'm just I, you know, for me the biggest thing here, and I and I mentioned it in picks from Joe's that if the offense doesn't show something, you know, you've got to show me that if we need it, the offense can go down and score because that's coming. That game is coming. That time is coming. You know, you can have a game where the defense keeps you in the game, right? You know, they mm-hmm. may keep the game. They keep the game close and you're going to get the ball near the end and it's go, okay, guys, we have to go down and score now to win this game. And can the offense do that? Right. And, and I don't know if you've got that many people in Cowboy Kingdom <laughs> that are that are going to say, oh, yeah, I believe that. They're, absolutely. They'll go down and score. Um, and so that's that's my reservation with all this. I think they're five and oh, um, you could make an argument that you haven't really played anybody really that dangerous yet. We caught K-State without Skylar Thompson. Mm-hmm. Um, Baylor, to me is an, is another kind of, you know, they're good, they're physical, but at the end of the day, you know, they're not dynamic offensively. And, you know, I just, I'm waiting. I'm I think Texas is going to be a huge, huge barometer, just a huge barometer at Austin. If you guys are real, I think that game will indicate it. If you're not, that game is going to indicate it. Um, I agree. I mean, that like, if, if Oklahoma State were to end up winning that game, that's when I'm like, okay, 
give me the whole jug of Kool-Aid and I'm going to drink it right now. <laughs> right now I'm taking sips. Right now I'm taking sips. And also in that 2015 season, that game was also at Austin and the Cowboys won 30 to 27. So Oh, was it wait, was that wasn't was that the game? Wasn't was I'm trying to remember which one it was where the punter whiffed like on the on the punt, he mishandled a snap or something and uh and we got the ball down close and we kicked the field goal to win. I'll tell you what, I'm not 100% sure. I, I'm not not exactly sure. But, yeah, because the low-scoring game, there was a there was like, what was it, a 13-10 or 16-13 game where we intercepted it uh, in the end I rem- zone. I remember that game, yes. Yeah, to kill the game. I, I, I want to think that it was Ben Grogan kicked a field goal to tie, and we got some kind of fortunate deal, I think, on that drive. We had some kind of fortunate play, I think. Or Texas maybe turned it over something. I don't know. But then Texas got the ball. We held them. And the punter friggin' mishandled the snap. And we got the ball, like, down close and, and just, you know, killed clock and then uh, kicked the field goal to win the game. Um, I don't know. I So, so, the, so the more important question, really, is mm-hmm. as OSU fan, what do we want to have happen this weekend? Do we think it matters? Man, I, I have a whole like full blown like bunch of theories in my head about all of this. And I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what exactly <laughs> we want. My thing has always been if Texas wins, they are going to celebrate really hard. And that next week's game would be like them kind of hunt over. And maybe you take advantage of that. But at the same time, if they lose, there's a game plan for you to beat them with. Right. And as far as game time is concerned, because it was the thing where it's like it's either 630 on ABC or it's going to be 11 o'clock on Fox. And to be quite frank, I don't know where that where Oklahoma State, Texas would go if either team wins, because it honestly depends on who has first pick. Does ABC right. get first pick or does Fox get first pick? We don't right. know that. So Texas could end up winning. And Fox could have the first pick and be like, hey, okay, we want this game probably uh, Texas will probably be ranked ahead of OSU for somehow, but we'll take this matchup. And it, uh, I, I really don't know. And honestly, I'll tell you this. I think Texas against OU. I really like. Wow. Okay. I, I would I'm take the over. On this game. I'm completely clueless on this game. I like the over. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like the over, but I have no, I feel like. I, I feel like a lot of college football this year is sort of a – it's like, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, OU feels like they've been all over the place. But, you know, is K-State – like, are they really decent enough that that's like a test? You know, West Virginia's got a good defense. Um, you know, Texas was Arkansas an aberration. You know, they like weren't ready and, you know, got mm-hmm. punched in the mouth and they weren't ready. And Arkansas is a little better than we thought. I, I mean, I, I, I am, I have to say, this is probably the most clueless I've been with a college football season and having a good feel for who the, the really good, I mean, uh, take Georgia and Alabama out of the conversation. That's yeah. forget that <laughs> to me, outside of those two teams, there's no, th- you do not know. You do not know. You could this this could go anywhere. Now, as far as the Texas game goes, Texas OU, I continue to kind of live in the world 
where I would rather have Austin doesn't scare me as as a home field advantage type thing. You know, we've won down there now a few times. Now, none of these guys that Gundy has right now have won down there, I don't believe. Um, but coaching staff wise, you've got enough coaches on the staff. They've won down there. Austin is a home field advantage. Doesn't bother me as much as, you know, OU would or Iowa State, you know, um, even even K-State. Um, that, you know, Morgantown. Morgantown's a great home field advantage. Mm-hmm. Doesn't bother me as much as, as some of those places. Um, I, I sort of feel like I would rather have Texas strutting around like their shit don't stink. Um, because Oklahoma state's got a defense that I think is capable of hitting their offense in the mouth. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get an offense that kind of slops it around the field. You know, they, they manage a score here and there and it's and it, and, and they muck it up. Like they muddy it up and Texas like is what the hell is going on. We can't figure that. Why can't we run away? These guys don't look like shit. We should be blowing them off the field. We can't get away from them. And I, I just, to me, if tech, if OU comes out and, and exposes something about Texas, Sarkeesian feels a little different to me for some reason as a coach down there. Um, do they, you know, do they then kind of figure something out or they, you know, they regroup, they've gotten their, you know, they've gotten the, the chip knocked off their shoulder a little bit. I always feel like a team riding high, definitely reading their press clippings, has a history of maybe some not the greatest culture as far as staying motivated, you know, and bought in. I would, I personally would rather have them, you know, feeling, feeling a little fat and happy um, when we go down there. Cause I think Gundy, I have them fired up. Defense is good enough. You know, Jim knows will have, Jim knows will have the defense flying around. Um, and then you just, you know, you just cross your fingers, you get good Spencer and not bad Spencer. So, yeah, I mean, you hope like during the bye week that they just say, hey, Spencer, uh, stop doing bad. Because <laughs> this is like we we know you're better. This, right. And also there was some I think it was pistols firing that had a resume check of. Yeah, like. All five court like shelf, Walsh, Weeden, and yeah, Weeden. You, you just take off the list. Weeden, you just take. You should just take off the list because <laughs> to me, and you know why you take him off the list? He wasn't recruited. He wasn't because he played baseball. So he was kind of just like he played hey. baseball. He comes back and walks on the program, and Gundy self admitted tried to run him off. Oh, <laughs> okay. So that guy, that guy was was. He he's an aberration. Okay. He's an aberration. So you take him out of the mix and then you look at the rest of the, you know, at the rest of them. But anyway, I, I sidetracked that, but um, I, yeah, I think it was pistols firing. You're right. It was pistols firing that did a, like a comparison. Yeah. So yeah, the first 23 games, I just found it. Sanders has a higher completion per- percentage, barely compared to Rudolph, Zach Robinson and JW Walsh. He has more touchdowns than Robinson, mm-hmm. but definitely more interceptions than Rudolph. He we didn't have more interceptions than him. Twenty two yeah. versus twenty. Yeah, Man, but you then you go to the touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, fifty seven to twenty two feels a lot better than than thirty four to twenty. I'll right. say that. I mean, <laughs> but the thing is, like, we know that he's not bad. He's bad at times. Yes, but when you put the stats together, it's really weird. It's like um. It's like Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins in the NFL, where they put up 
you know, these like really good numbers, but then you watch him play and you're like, huh, they're, they're kind of average. Well, I, so the, the thing that I think hurts Sanders more than anything, and we've all tweeted ad nauseum about it. And again, I don't know how much of this is coaching and how much of this is player, you know, decision-making, but I, and, and I'm going to lean more towards the coaching part on, and here's why slightly, how many times in the past that do we watch JW Walsh, right? Who was a running QB Clint shelf had get away from the cop speed. Okay. And those two guys so very often didn't keep the ball when you thought they ought to keep the ball. And to me, you know, it just over the years, almost since Zach Robinson, right? Who that dude would run. Like he kept Mm -hmm. the ball a lot and would run. And then his senior season just got absolutely destroyed on the goal line with the game against Texas Tech right before the Colorado game, which prompted the the famous Whedon game, you know, the Alex Kate Whedon game in 2009. And it feels like ever since then, you know, we end up recruiting these quarterbacks that are dual threats. We never really maximize the dual part of that, right? It's like Spencer, Spencer's capable of running. I think he makes some poor running decisions. Like the guy should go down, you know, go down. Don't, don't go take some guy on, but he, he doesn't look like he's ever really looking to keep the ball. It looks like they've, when it when it happens that it's like a decision going into the play almost, which feels kind of that, that to me feels like that defeats the purpose of the zone read, right? You're supposed to read that that end. And if he bites down, you go. And if he doesn't, you hand it off. And, you know, Spencer, I think plays, you know, uh, this may be not accurate. Maybe uh, I'd love to see somebody do a statistical analysis on this right? Mm -hmm. Compare his passing numbers between games where he's carried the ball a certain number of times and run maybe for a certain number of yards and the games he doesn't. And because a lot of times guys will say, oh, you know, you got a running quarterback, a dual threat quarterback. You got to get him in the game. He needs to run the ball a little bit and get into a flow of, of kind of that. And then he might, you know, liven up the passing game. But, you know, at the end of the day, Spencer, Spencer Sanders has, he's got the tools, he's got the arm. He just, if he's going to make a mistake, he will make a mistake in like a more critical portion of the game. And, and, and it's either he does it or he doesn't like, it's like either he's having a really good game and that's great. And we've, and we've got the game under control or, or he has a complete crap show of a game. Um, you know, a la Texas tech from a couple of years ago where all he could do was fumble or throw interceptions, you know? So, and, and that's, yeah, I, I, that's another thing I, I think I mentioned, I can't remember if I mentioned it picks from Joe's or on Twitter, but it's that, you know, bad Spencer versus good Spencer is not really game specific. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Right? It's yeah. like 
it could happen at any moment. You don't know when it's going to happen. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, look, if, if, if we go down to Austin and, and Texas is coming off a win in, in the Red River showdown, which I still don't like saying that, but I understand it because um, I just grew up with something different. Uh, but, I mean, if he, if he goes down and he has a good game and Texas is a little fat and happy, you know, yeah, Oklahoma State, could, they could go on a run. I mean, they could go on a little bit of a run here, but I just, I don't trust, I don't trust him, you know, hundred percent. And I also don't trust Gundy hundred percent. And when I say don't trust him, look, the dude's got a, a winning football program. And I, I guess, unfortunately, what I do trust is that when in doubt, he's got a good defense. He's, he's going to circle the wagons and let the defense play. Now, I think, I think it's been talked about a bit now, the biggest difference to me this season versus other seasons, because 2013 to me was arguably the best defense Oklahoma State's ever had. I don't even think this defense to me in my head is, is as good as 2013 because 2013 was on the field all day long. That was like if you could have put that was the perfect defense to put on the field in 2011 because that defense stayed on the field all day long. They were on the field. God knows how many plays a game. It was ridiculous. Um, and they were they were a shutdown crew. This crew's a shutdown crew, but I, if you looked at the numbers, their average plays per game are maybe two-thirds of what that, that 2013 defense was living with. That's not to take anything away from them, but you take away that many plays, and over the course of a season, you take away two full football games that those guys have played, right? So by the time this season's done, think about it, you know, mm -hmm. these guys will have played, you know, 13, 12 games. They'll have played 12 games, not counting a bowl game and not counting a, a potential Big 12 championship game. Um, they play 12 games. The 2013 defense in those same number of games would, would have played if you just did the average games, you know, or average plays per game that this defense faces. The 2013 team would probably have played the equivalent of two additional football games. And I think that's significant. Gundy's talked about that, right? That they monitor how many plays guys are involved in. And that the more, you know, the, as that play number builds up, you know, the likelihood of injury, the wearing down, they can chart it. They know. So, Ian, you're letting me talk. Well, you've got to interrupt me here because this is, you know, <laughs> Philip Slavin used to make this mistake. Okay. You get me on here and you get me talking about something and, and, you know, 50 minutes later, oh, well, we've gone a little long on the podcast. <laughs> I didn't want to, I didn't want to interrupt. I, I don't like interrupting people and that I just feel bad whenever I do that. But I will say this about the, um, the defense um, because they've had so many injuries, Trey Sterling out, Brock Martin out, uh, Lacey or not Lacey, Trace Ford out. Trace Ford. Just having multiple guys already out and they're still performing as a top tier defense and then also you kind of look at the point totals compared to, you know, a few years back. I mean, 16, 23, 20, 2014, it's a consistent amount. Yeah. And I think the other thing is that the offense, what they're doing is because they have longer drives, it gives the defense more time to uh, just, you know, chill out for a second compared to, you know, um, because 2013 was that that was Chelf. And Walsh, I think, yeah, because they probably were more air raid back then. Uh, I know Chill and yes. Walsh ran a lot, but 
there wouldn't be a lot of time for them to rest up because it'd be like three plays, 76 yards and a touchdown already. Like, all right, defense go back out there. And it's like, Oh, you gotta be kidding me. So I think having a, having the defense where they are and where the offense is out there for the majority of the time that helps so much. I, I, I 1000% agree with that. I think from an offensive perspective, what they're doing is deliberate. I think they're definitely being, you know, you, you don't see Oklahoma state do a kind of their hurry up. Uh, mm-hmm. other than in the traditional, like they make a first down. Yeah. They'll try to rush up and run the, the next play, which is, you know, it's just a matter of not letting the defense switch out uh, in that regard. But, you know, all the rest of the time, the offense is semi huddling. Yeah. Like, like they're having a, they're having a committee meeting back there. <laughs> in yeah, they're the taking their time and yeah. the clock. Yeah. They're taking their time. You know, there's always that hesitation thing at the line of scrimmage, which I hate. I'm always going to hate that. I can't, I can't stand that, but it's, it is what it is. Everybody does it. Um, but yeah, no, I, listen, I agree. And, and I, and again, I think something that plays into the fact that the defense has been able to sustain their performance with injuries, right. Is because they aren't facing 80, 90 plays a game. Right. So now you've got young guys because Gundy talks about all the time, the young guys, right. Colin Oliver, you know, that dude's having a season. And Gundy talks about guys like that. Yeah, they're great, but the freshman will hit a wall. Well, those guys, you know, two years ago, three years ago, they're hitting a wall. But this year, maybe you got a chance for them not to necessarily hit a wall because they're, you know, they're facing between, you know, 50 and 70 plays a game. Like a heavy game for them would be 67, 68 plays. And I think they may have had one game where there was over 70 plays. You go two years ago, three years ago, oh, my God, they're, they're facing, you know, 70, 80 plays a game, you know, day, week in and week out. So I, I, you're absolutely right. I think it's a, good, it's a good pairing. Yeah, the offense is pretty dry, but they're taking their time. They're not, they're not you know, they're not going three and out in 18 seconds. Yeah. Right. They're, yeah, they're, they're right. giving the defense right. They're giving the defense a little bit of a breather. Um, you know, they may only make one first down, but again, and they're, you know, they're, now they take two and a half minutes off the clock making a first down. And, and that's a big deal, you know, in, in game time and defense time, that's a big deal. So who knows? I mean, who, who you think Texas has this game this weekend? I think, I think there's going to be, you know, your Red River shenanigans <laughs> like usual. And for, the, for that reason, I kind of just have Texas winning because uh, I think they want to win it for Sark early. Sark wants to make a statement, you know, already in his first season, like, hey, like, I know we didn't beat Arkansas, but like if we beat OU, I, mean, I yeah. think people will forget about that Arkansas game, especially if Arkansas just continues to – if they go like 9-3, and three, Texas can say, okay, we lost to a respectable Arkansas team with our now backup quarterback because we realized, right. oh, hey, Casey Thompson is pretty good and he gels very well with B. John Robinson. Yeah. Let's, let's play him, and it's been working. I want to talk about the other Big 12 games real quick, too. Yeah. West Virginia versus Baylor and then TCU versus Texas Tech. Those games sound just – I think there's a lot of ways those games can go (laughs) just because of how wide open it is. Because you have a team that's two and three and a team that's two and two, and I think they could both beat the four four and one teams right now. Absolutely. I think this is definitely – I think this is definitely a game West Virginia could pick off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. they, they seem to have a pretty good defense. You know, I'm sorry, but Baylor's offense, if, if your front seven 
can handle, uh, you know, Baylor's uh, offensive line and their running game, their passing game does not scare me at all. Right. I mean, yeah. we, we basically dared them to throw and they, they only had a tiny bit of success. Um, so that's, I think that's definitely a game. Uh, wait, is that game at, is that game in Baylor? That game's at that Baylor. A, yes. It's at Waco. That kind yeah. of is the only, that's the only kind of caveat there. That's um, exactly what I was thinking too. TCU, TCU, Texas tech. Um, I think TCU's defense is, is a touch suspect, but only I think up front, like on the line, they're a touch mm-hmm. suspect. Texas Tech's not like they're not jamming Bijan down their throat, right? They're they're yeah. still kind of wanting to play that quick spreadish air raidish style with uh, Co- Columbia, the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Is that how you say that? Uh, you talk about with TCU or Texas Tech? Texas Tech. It's Columbia. Col- Columbia. It's um. I think it's actually uh. It's Tyler Shaw. Oh, shut 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 shut. Something yeah, like that. Or I thought I thought Columbia was playing. Oh wait, this says he's out. What is oh, he's, say that? Oh he's which one's he's out? He's out for like six weeks with a collarbone. Okay, well, wait a second. I'm looking at ESPN stats right now, right? And if it says, yeah, it's it's Columbia. Yeah. It says that Slow is still the leading passer. Well, if he's not playing, why do you add him in there? Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, Henry Col- uh Columbia. He had uh, yeah he had a really decent game against West Virginia twenty three of thirty four and then uh, two hundred sixty six yards yeah he's that he's that guy who's hitting the slants and the dump offs you know that uh, that kind of stuff so I feel like TCU's defense is better equipped to deal with that mm-hmm. than Bijan just off tackle you know geez oh Pete that guy just ground them in and it was still a close game right it was yeah. still that game that game was was tight um tcu sorry go ahead go ahead i was no, gonna say go part ahead. of me part of me thinks that i mean look what they did against smu i think smu is a really good team but tcu also didn't look that great against the mustangs and they had three interceptions on and they still gave up 42 points so yeah i don't know how i feel about their defense and especially with this tech team that could could put up some yeah i it's to me it's like the you've got one big 12 game that's like get excited about watching i think it'll be interesting the other two games are there i mean i'm interested in west virginia baylor just because i want baylor to lose Mm -hmm. and tcu texas tech is like eh. it's like is it really am i really that excited about tcu texas tech uh, and TCU's favored, like point and a half, I think. I mean, to me, that's like toss-up. But I think it was like two and a half. Is it favorite. two and a half? Two and a half now? Tech, yeah. I remember seeing point and a half, I think. Uh, maybe that was when I wrote uh, PFJs. It was, maybe it was a point and a half. What, what, was it, what was the game there was a half a point game? Was it oh, not That OSU. was um, Notre Dame-Virginia Tech. Notre Dame? How do you have a half a point? That's so <laughs> weird to me, too. I, I – Beats me, man. I'll be yeah. So when I put it in on a tally uh, tally site this morning, I, it had a TCU. Well, I had a TCU minus two and a half. So they yeah, were favored. T- TCU yeah. favored by two and a half, which yeah. just I find really interesting. Vegas Vegas always blows my mind with this stuff. You know they make money for a reason. <laughs> yeah, no, they do. They do. And then uh, one final thing before we uh, before we go, 
Did you see the um how do I word this? Did you see that Tony Allen was involved in the Holy crap. Yeah, the four million dollar healthcare fraud scheme with several former NBA players. There's an update. It says uh Tony Allen uh he's he's not in custody, but uh his wife was also in as well. You mean so, indicted? Indicted, yeah. I'm still learning. <laughs> indicted that's for- it folks i'll never be invited on the podcast no again. you're definitely getting invited on again um, you, i still need you yeah, i need you and jacob to talk about the uh the 42 his 42 28 uh pick oh, which oh no we're gonna leave that we're gonna leave that we're gonna let that percolate for a little while okay, okay we're gonna <laughs> that's i'm still i'm still trying to figure out how i can arrange with somebody to you know like have an intervention because clearly there's a substance abuse problem going on in that in that particular situation, but we'll leave that we'll leave that for another day. We'll leave that for another day. Yeah, the, you know, can you imagine? There's a group of NBA players all sitting in a room, and somebody says, "Hey, I think this is a good idea." Yeah, no, Are you kidding me? They all went with it, and it was you're not making yeah. enough money. Is your life well, all that former, screwed up? All former NBA players that were doing this. It's like what. In the world, I mean, I would expect a room. Listen, my son's a teenager, right? Mm-hmm. And teenagers do stupid shit. There is no way a, a room full of teenagers would sit there and go, oh, I think I figured out a way to defraud, you know, the school system out of $4 million of insurance money. Yeah, that's, yeah, let's <laughs> do that. What were you doing? It, so, oh. I, I don't know. I don't know what to think about this just because, man, I I do not know. So it looks like. And Tony like, Allen, by the way, beloved, yeah. absolutely beloved yeah. Oklahoma, former Oklahoma State player, right? I mean, and I run into, I, I here in my uh, town where, you know, I live up here in mm-hmm. Connecticut, I've, I've tweeted about it. John Stark lives uh, locally and plays a ton of golf. And mm-hmm. I, I, I've seen him half a dozen of times over the yeah. course of the years, right? And he's super nice. He says, hi. I've always got some OSU crap on, you know, when I'm on the <laughs> golf course and he sees me and I just, I'll wave. I'll give him a little pistols firing or something. He'll wave. I ran into him uh, three, four weeks ago where he, he actually stopped. He knew one of the guys in the group I was playing in. And so he stopped to have a chat and it was like, hey, you know, see you around a little bit and and he, you know, he, he was very nice, you know, pleasant and went on about his business. But I, I just, a guy like Tony Allen, people love Tony Allen. Tony Allen, what are you doing? You're an Eddie Sutton disciple, discipline, mm-hmm. right? Oh. And you, you just, oh my God. It's like, oh, it's terrible. Now, so, as, as we end up mm-hmm. speaking of basketball, what the hell is Mike Boynton doing for homecoming? Dude, if I knew I would have already like spilled the beans on it. I, we'll get to that in a second. Like I'm just looking at the uh, this is from uh, the Daily Minfian. Uh, it says the indictment states Allen received two hundred and or two hundred thousand or wait two hundred and sixty thousand dollars of approved fraudulent chiropractic claims. The league's board later reviewed those claims and concluded that he, as well as three others, did not receive those services, and Allen repaid. Three hundred and fifty thousand seventy-five of the four hundred and twenty thousand and seventy-five dollars that he owed for his chiropractic and dental claims, and they also indicted his wife. So I don't. 
Oh my God. That is just stupendously just, I I mean, I'm speak, I'm speechless as to how stupid that is. Just speechless. He was absolutely said to have his, um, his Jersey number retired in Memphis on January 28th. How about that? That wild. I hope honestly, selfish as this is, I hope he's like, I hope this isn't true. I really hope that there's like right. I mean, you hope it's like holy. And there's crap. like a, a another Tony Allen, but <laughs> man. Well, I can't listen. I cannot wait. Um, I'll say that I am super jacked up about basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boyton, Boyton has has righted the ship. He has righted the ship, and yeah, it's like all I want to say is is j- just just play that that you know teddy kgb from the end of rounders just put that on a loop right and play it in gallagher ibud they pay that man his money you yeah. know <laughs> just run that freaking thing on a loop because that guy has he he's he's made a believer out of me i can't wait to see what kind of nonsense they pull out for homecoming uh you know their hoops and homecoming thing here because yeah. he's he's yapping about it. Twenty four seven just had a thing that came out, and he taught. He was, I'd say, probably two thirds of what they wrote about was was just trying to tease something out of him, and he's he's clammed up. That guy gets it. He he knows what he's doing, you know. And however long Oklahoma State gets to hang on to him, well, that's awesome because that that guy, I'm I'm with. I, of course, you know what's going to happen is then you know in two years we're going to find out that. You know, there was money flying all over the place oh, and no. the whole thing's a shit show. And what we believed in no. just sucked. <laughs> well, you can all come back and blame me because I just spoke it into existence right now. Oh, no, dude. No, we're going to interview. Why did you say those things? <laughs> Why did you speak it into existence? So Boyden tweeted That's out on it. October 4th. Homecoming and hoops information coming soon. OSU uh, men's basketball letterman, players, managers, coaches, and staff. Please let us know. You'll be around for HOCO. Oh, and then uh, OK, OK State Greeks, uh, be alert out for hoops trivia soon. Cool prizes avail. Hashtag yeah. let's work. So I'm curious because I'm going to try to be on campus as much as I can. But uh, I don't I don't think there's a lot of information that's going on right now. But I know people are excited that it's Oh, back. they're generating the buzz. Yeah, they're generating yes. some buzz. But Absolutely I don't think generating some buzz. And I'll say this. I mean, I, I'm a sophomore currently at OSU. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. I'm in, I'm, I'm in, I should not say where I'm at, but I'm on a dorm in on campus right now. Wow. <laughs> How yeah. old are your parents? I don't know. I, I assume we're going to edit this out. <laughs> um, but uh, they are, I don't know. Are they going to get, it, I'm going to, I'm assuming oh, I'm going to edit on. this out. So I'll say uh, 40, 44. They're both 44. Oh, my dad's 45 my. in December. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. So Every whenever, you year. Mentioned, whenever you mentioned the 76 um, <laughs> Bedlam game, I was like, oh, cool. My dad was born. Like, cause I looked it up. I was like, my dad was born two months later, but I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> I'll I'll be sixty next March. Shoot, I would. I'll, I'll be sixty. You don't look I was sixty. O- I would thank you. I was at Oklahoma State, uh, fall of nineteen eighty, and I left school in fall of eighty one. So I was there. I started the semester and I left about halfway the semester. But um, but yeah, it's it. There's. 
it blows my mind, man. It just, it's, it's amazing to me. So you don't edit that out. Come on, embarrass your parents. They're there to embarrass you. Come on. Oh man. Oh. <laughs> Get yourself in trouble. Come on. Oh man. Like, Why did you reveal their ages? My dad's like super libertarian. He, he, he wants to go off the grid. Yeah, there you go. <sighs> Meanwhile, you're dealing with the most on the grid, yeah. almost 60 year old in the world right here. <laughs> <laughs> like well, if, if I, if somebody told me to go off the grid, it'd probably take me a year. <laughs> oh, oh man. I, I, I don't think I could go off the grid either. Cause I just do nah, all the, like I, the media I stuff. I enjoy the grid. Yeah. The grid's kind of cool. Grid. Grid's cool. Um, anyway, <laughs> we're going to wrap up. Robert, thank you so much. Where can the people find you on the internet? On the interwebs. Uh, you can find me at Robert W underscore OKST on uh, Twitter. Um, R Wetzel 62 on Instagram. You'll just find pictures of my dogs probably. Uh, and you know, any, any, any basic internet search will track me down on any number of other places. So, um, I, I have fun out there guys. Don't take it too seriously. If you want to have a few laughs and, uh, you know, enjoy our mutual misery, uh, come, come find me. <laughs> All right. And, uh, you guys know where to find me, Ian Nickel, Twitter, Instagram. It's N I K K E L not like the coin. So <laughs> that'll wrap it up for this Ingles and Ian, uh, Jacob Ingles will be back, uh, on Monday. So until then, uh, thank you all for listening. We will see you real soon.